Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. Welcome back and Happy New Year. As always, I'm your host, Tyler. New Year, same host, Till here. Oh, I should have replaced you. <laughs> if you're new to the show, Rolling with Disadvantage is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream into the void. <laughs> God, that happens about various aspects of uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast or emailing us um, at rwdpodcast at gmail.com, I think is the email. That is correct. That is it. Um, how was your time off? It was a good time. It was a good time. Went down to Florida. Yeah. Stayed in the shade. Meaning it was nice. You, what happened in Florida? Florida family's down in Florida. Ah, went, yes. Went to see the, the parents, brother, and it was good. It was very good. We went to a couple distilleries, actually. Ah. Uh, uh, no one, you know, really listens to us, so I don't mind name dropping. But if you ever are in the uh, Fort Myers Beach area, make your way to the Wicked Dolphin Distillery, Southwest Florida. Quite wonderful. Quite wonderful. Wicked Dolphin. The Wicked Dolphin Distillery. I'm naming something. Wicked Dolphin. It D&D. was quite good. They have a six-year-aged uh, rum. They age it in bourbon barrels. They get from Kentucky, and it was probably the best rum I've ever had in my life. Well, all right. Well, you know. Plugging booze, we could do that. We should get a booze sponsor, probably. Yeah. Oh, fu- oh, that, the, the reason I'm bringing this up, uh, sorry, uh, the guy that runs it, yeah, the, the, he's not the owner. He he runs the thing. He's a D and D nerd. Hey, we, he, I, I was wearing my Run D and D shirt. Yeah. He's like, I have that shirt. I love that. You shirt. You should be like, hey, listen to our he's, show. But he's old school. He's third edition. We talk a lot about third he, edition. He's here. third edition. Uh, used to play a battle mage. Um, used to actually play with Adam Savage. Really? Yeah. From Mythbusters, Mythbusters. fame. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a curious encounter. Yeah. Uh, that's fascinating. How many, um, in a in a D&D setting, like in a big D&D town, how many taverns do you think there should be? I always put two. A nice one and a crappy one. But there's, I, I always say that there's more. Yeah. They're just not of note. They don't, bo- they don't bother with it. Yeah. I feel like, because, you know, I'm reading... I assume for every, just from personal experience, every about 100 people you put a tavern. That's that's insane. Is it? Yeah. People I feel like you drink. Know, a small town would have, a, a maybe not a tavern, but like a common room where people drink. Like a, like a hamlet would have one. I guess, a village I guess would have one. Used to drink a large a town much. would have two. And like you know, a metropolis city would have a half a dozen if a dozen, you know. I just think of like cities around here. Like if I'm in... Pick a city around here. Chicago. No, like a little city. Because well, yeah, figure... we're not revealing where we are. Oh, well, you okay. So pick little city around here. That's about the size of a D&D metropolis, because a little city in the real world is a big city in D&D. Let's be, okay. Let's be fair. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So... Any little city here has three, the, four, The town we're in five, right now, the, oh this God. west side, you know, Several town. dozen. There's several dozen. There's two just I'm down just gonna the street. I'm going to Google the population of this nearby town. Stand by, everybody. 50,000. 50,000. So that's a metropolis. Yeah, it, it's yeah. easily a metropolis, and that has... Oh, my God. Uh, I, I don't know, 30... 20 30, to 30, 30 yeah, bars. maybe more. One bar per thousand people. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that sounds better. Okay. I like that. One bar per thousand people. Minimum one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, we're done with this episode. That was good. That was a great <laughs> episode. That was that was probably our best episode. Yeah, that was really good. I think we came to a consensus. Uh, no, I just I wonder because I read a lot of you know fantasy or you watch a movie or whatever, and there's there's more than one. There's always more than one. Yeah, they go to a lot of different ones. They hide out in one. You know, they mm-hmm. they, they get notes from the other one. Whatever. Um, all right, hey, new year, new me. I'll start. I'll pull a topic. Still have not made the deck. We apologize. From the you said you'd make a deck. Yeah, I, I, I apologize. Ooh, we're running low on topics. We got to re- we got to reload this in 2019. Please be the one I want to do. 
Oh, okay. This mm. is a popular one on the D&D subreddit. See, good thing I know nothing about Reddit. Go ahead. You're a lich. I'm a lich. How do you best hide and or protect your phylactery? First of all, is it phylactery? It's phylactery. How do you hide or protect it best? The phylactery. Um, so... i got to pull up the monster's manual for us, the deets. I, I actually... I, I've never been... nor I, I don't mind liches, but I've never had a lich in anything I've ever done. Really? No. You never DM'd a lich. I've never DM'd a lich. I've never I've never been a lich. Um so I don't particularly know uh the de- like how big does a phylactery have to be? So uh, a phylactery is traditionally an amulet in the shape of a small box, mm-hmm. but it can take the form of any item possessing an interior space into which arcane sigils of naming, binding, immortality, and dark magic are scribed in silver. Um a lich must periodically feed souls to its phylactery to sustain the magic, preserving its body and consciousness. It does this using the imprisonment spell. Instead of choosing one of the normal options of the spell, the lich sends them to the phylactery. It must be on the same plane. And, um, yes. Okay. If a lich that forgets to maintain its body with sacrifice souls begins to fall apart. Okay. Okay. Then, uh, I think that... My answer first is I, I would just use a, a, a good box, probably make it out of, like, okay. uh, adamantine or something like that. Okay. Something very sturdy. Sure. That way you can't just randomly get smashed or something. Um, and then I You w- don't have to physically feed it. You can The imprisonment spell doesn't require you to be right there with it, just on the same plane. That's fine. Okay. And then that's totally fine. So I do that, and then uh, I would probably have uh, some sort of um, either construct or maybe a warforged or something that I would physically put it inside of. Okay, you're leading me into my my one of the greatest things I've seen online. I would about put this. it inside of that, and I would make sure that, that the construct or whatever is like some super awesome good thing. Mm-hmm. So no one would so that no one would ever think about it. Hmm. Interesting. So, so like I'd have like a, a warforged cleric of plor that is hiding my phylactery. Where would it be? It'd be like in his shin or but something. But would it be with, with the warforged? I mean, be with you? No, no, it would be far away from me. So no you one, couldn't. No one would you ever keep an eye on it. Then. No one. Would, no one would ever. So you're leaving fate. I'm, yes. Ah, I am. That's risky. It's a warforged. He doesn't die, and no one's trying to kill him. Unless one of the he goes to war. Or best something. little things I saw because I, I effectively stole this topic from Reddit because I thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Was polymorphing your phylactery into a creature. Okay. So it's so nobody. It's not a contract. Nobody would ever think. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. You use a true polymorph to turn an object into an entity. Okay. And then you can, you know, train it to be whatever you want it to be. Or you can make it into a person who goes and lives their life or whatever. If it dies, does it turn back into a box? Yes. Okay. I think. I'm pretty sure. I think that's how polymorph works. I'm pretty sure that's how true polymorph works. But it was it was so it was such a goofy idea of like But yeah, I definitely wouldn't want near me. I find that interesting because if it's near you, you could you could keep an eye on it. Yes, but if it's near me and I die, they the, whoever just killed me could easily get to it, and that's my issue. Well, I'm not saying on your person. I don't want it anywhere near me. I don't want I don't want them to be able to kill me and then the same day kill it. But like at least in the same region, I would put at least several hundred to a thousand miles away. Wow, because if nothing else, I can always teleport to it. True. If I really need to see it. I, but if I was going to keep it at a far distance, if I'm a lich, I'm like, all right, I can't have this by me. I would not. It would have to be somewhere isolated, not by other people. I don't. I, I love. I, I've always been a big fan of hiding in plain sight, I and I think that that is 
the I think that's how the best villains do their shit. But that was that can result in accidents yes. and fate and people I, discovering this. Hey, this war sport has a strange compartment in his leg. Oh, he fell off the roof of the bar and he's broken. Let's fix him. Oh, what's this weird thing? Yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah. I don't want that. It could um, happen though. Yeah, you gotta be you gotta be protective. You gotta put it. You gotta put it like. But the phylactery, you make it out of something indestructible, you know, you put it inside a, a, a ball of adamantine iron, whatever, you drop it at the bottom of the uh-huh. ocean, and no one can ever get to How it. How about the good old uh, fake rock approach? Yeah, just, just leave it in your garden. Yeah. It's just right here. Yeah. It's a, it's a, what's that called? They're, um... A hideaway key. Yeah, it's like a hideaway thing. key kind yeah. of thing. Right, because it doesn't say what size. Yeah, no, it's just, just, it's a rock, but it looks like a rock, it's not a rock. Hideaway key phylactery. Yeah. What if you're, what if you, can you, you cheat your way through this, and you make an object that has an interior that's enormous like mm-hmm. coliseum mm-hmm. size yeah. and you just hide the object an extra dimensional space i don't know if that counts that's in the same plane as you yeah okay. but like if you make the interior space the size of a building then you could put that piece of scroll with silver written on it anywhere, anywhere. inside the building it's like it's an interior mm-hmm. technically right yeah so you could have an entire Bizarre inside a building, <laughs> and you know one guy's signpost the, the, on his shop. The is Grand the, Bazaar at Baldur's Gate. Yeah, and you call. Anyway, why is your shop called Flactory? I don't. I know. don't know. <laughs> so you gave it to me. Yeah, I, a random patron paid for me to. He's like, as long as you keep this sign up forever, I'll give you money every week or whatever. I'm gonna destroy that sign. <laughs> yeah, like immediately your players are. Ooh, this is this ooh, is sus. Ooh, I can't. Ooh. I can't handle this. That's the problem with PCs. They just know. They're very. They're quick. Yeah. They would be metagaming. That's why you got to put it inside something that they see as a friend. Because they're not going to kill their friend. Mm-hmm. Now, here's my question. This flag tree has all this dark writing. It's all, it's mm-hmm. very, it's very, it's a not good thing. Mm-hmm. Can you detect evil and find it? Probably not, right? It's just, ma- you could detect magic. So you could detect magic and find it. Yeah, but okay. I don't, it, oh, you know what? Because it said the writings were. Dark, horrible dark. things. Yeah, what did it say? It said, uh, naming, binding, immortality, and dark magic. I don't think detect evil detects so, those so, sorts okay, of but things. It, it, it's magically detectable. Yes, magically detectable. Okay, so that would be a bit of an issue. Like, why is there this magic like signal inside this signpost? Or why is that Warforged's leg magical? Now, see, that's that's the thing. I don't know if it would pick up on the leg. I think it would pick up that there's magic on the Warforged because it's technically in him. No, Warforged so are I, magic, are they? No, no, no. I'm saying that it would pick up oh. that it's like in him, but if he has other magic shit on him... It, I don't think it would even register that much. So, you have to destroy the phylactery and kill the lich. Yeah. So if, if you're this There's is even better reason to be so far away. Now here's the thing: Would the lich know if its phylactery was destroyed? Right I think away? so. I mean, you could if you're setting souls to it. I you think know. once you went to do that, you would know. Yeah. But pr- like, if I blew it up, you wouldn't know right away until you're like, ah, imprisonment. Wait oh, a minute, shit. he didn't go where I wanted. Gotta to. make a new one. Yeah, exactly. So you have to be. And able, I'm a thousand miles away. So. This is the other. I would like to keep it nearby so I know. Again, I want to keep it far away so that when I go to do the imprisonment, <laughs> which I plan on doing once a day, yeah. uh, I'll know, oh, it's dead. I've got a little time to make a new one. Because it it's a long process, uh, isn't it? I don't know. Probably. I'm assuming it's a long yeah, process. I they don't give enough details on here. dread process that goes into it. They used to give a lot more details in 3rd edition and like how to. to become a lich. And I think they... They, they, <laughs> they got away for it. Well, they, they make the rules to make you not want to be a lich and to make it so the player DM can do kind of whatever they want. Yeah. Like, this is how you become a lich, guys. Yeah. There used to be very explicit rules for how to be an evil person. Yes, and now it's more vague. Like, you can be evil however you want. Yeah. Maybe death and destruction. Well, just body is broken. Oh, see, here's the thing. When Lich's body is broken, it, it within a days, a new body reforms next to the phylactery. Okay. So if you died <laughs> and your warforged is just mining his own, suddenly materializing just, like, this undead body next to it, 
Then you're in trouble. It's going to heal me because it's a nice guy. Yeah, but people around like, that's a lurch! Get away! I'm an undead. And you'd be vulnerable for that moment. I'd be very vulnerable. This is why it needs to be isolated in case it, you die. It'd be like the Terminator coming back in time just naked on the ground. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah. If, if somebody had been around right then to, to like beat him up, not that it would have worked not that it the Terminator, worked. but, but that, that was the moment. That was, that the, was moment. the vulnerable to moment. Just, you know, put a rail gun through his head. So I think you really need, you need to keep a good eye on this I, just for I, that I, moment. Okay. I think that we can agree on one thing. What's one, that? you don't keep it on you. Not on your person. Not on your person. No. I think that's, that's stupid. Yeah. 100%. Then you die, it dies. Yeah. Period. So you don't keep it on you. Okay. You keep it hidden. Oh, I got it. S- somehow. Yeah. I I kind of like this the hideaway key thing. Like in like a secret room in a dungeon. Yeah, it's got to be somewhere where you can manifest next to it after your death and yeah. not get in trouble. Yeah. What about on the moon? Wouldn't you die? Why would you die? I have a feeling that the vacuum of space would still hurt the undead. You think? I think. You think? Don't they take cold damage and it's kind of cold? Do they? Let's see if a lich takes cold damage. I don't think think any undead are immune to cold damage. Lich. Damage resistance colds. Damage immunity. He's immune to bludgeoning, which is what I'll count as the vacuum of space, (laughs) but the cold damage could do, man. So he would just die eventually. How would he get back? All right, so you build a a lunar module in space to live in. Okay, well, I feel like... You send your warforged army (laughs) up to space. But I feel like that kind of stands out. On the dark side of the moon. I do, they have, do they have to breathe? Liches? Yeah. No, I don't think so. If Then I would say under the water would be much better than on the it's moon. It's undead. I don't have to breathe. Yeah, then, then underwater. Deep, deep underwater. Yeah. And as long as you can teleport, you can get back to wherever you need yeah, to go. Yeah, exactly. But you can't cast spells underwater to somebody's no, opinion. No, no. But uh, does teleport have a verbal component? No, of course, right? Of course it does. What do you mean, of course of it course does? Of course it does. Teleport. There's no way that it doesn't. Teleport. There's teleport, no way that teleport, it doesn't. Teleport. Teleport. Verbal only. Verbal. So, <laughs> so you gotta swim a little first. So you put it in a in a sea cave, at the bottom of the ocean. Like a, you know how if you if you go like down and you go up into a cave, oh, okay. like a recess, I, 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 it has like a saying. bubble of water, okay. air rather. Okay. Or you. No, just... what you do is you drop um, the tower, the magical. There you, you go. Fortress. Yeah. I forget what it's called, and you snap, and it forms a tower at the bottom of the ocean. But then, like tritons and merfolk can get to it and shit. Yeah, oh, but no. Yeah, but I mean, are those what you're worried about, really? Tritons are lawful good. Yeah, if tritons they, are lawful. If they came bags. across it, they would immediately destroy it just out of sheer zealotry. Yeah. Exactly. They'd have to find it. So I think, I definitely, I'm in favor of an isolated place. I, I like the I, I still I like the idea of something like maybe not a warforge but like a construct that you that you made that I, has your orders. What about just like a wandering minstrel warforged? So he never he wasn't in town. Uh-huh. That way, if you you know the chance of you dying came back, the odds of you being in town or whatever. But if low. he's wandering, the odds are better that he's dying to ran something random like a dragon like or a some shit, brigand or yeah. bandits or yeah, something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I need him in a safe place. Ooh, okay, like warforged. Like monk in like a monastery. Oh yeah, sure. Like like good old kung fu monastery where there's like ten guys. Yeah, and they all are just silent and peaceful and shit. Remember in the Dark Knight when the Joker puts that cell phone in that guy's stomach? Do you know what I was watching before I came over? The Dark Knight on I Netflix, was, indeed. Um, <laughs> you could in, you could make your phylactery and surgically install it in like an elf because they'll live forever. Well, not forever. Seven fifty years. Is it in there? No elves. No, no. Those are Lord of the Rings elves. Live yeah. forever. Yeah. That's a but long it, time. You gotta find an arch druid to put it in. They live forever. Oh yeah. What you do is you w- and another lich get together Ooh. and you install each other's Ooh. phylactery in Ooh. each other. 
That's what I was about to say. <laughs> That's that is what I was about to say. Or you gotta find um there's a warlock, uh you do the patron, the undying, and they essentially hit level seventeen and they age uh one year every ten years. Okay. So they'll live and you get an elf that thousand years. You get an elf that does that, that's what, and you just swap out your warlock years. every thousand years. Yeah. But if you play it up with another lich, if two liches got together, two, exactly. like you hold mine, I'll, I'll hold, hold yours. yours. Even if one of them gets blown up, they're like, ha ha, here's this phylactery, smash, we killed him. Just no. kidding. Here, place next to the other one. Now you have two liches <laughs> to deal with, and they can make the phylactery. That's a great oh, idea. Man. Uh, that's it. That's, that's the it. one. That's the solution. That's the one. That's it, everybody. That's... Two liches, a, a lich and a dracolich just hold each other's phylacteries. Two liches, they've gotten over their disagreements, whatever their disagreements are. They believe are. in survival above all else. Correct. It's it's like, we will live forever this way. We can be on our own schemes. We can do our yep. own things yep. as long as we're on the same plane. You get this half the world, I get this half the world. It would kind of limit if you wanted to do multi-dimensional travel. You'd be like, hey, man, come with me. Yeah. Oh, or, I guess or, only when you're feeding it, you have to be in the same plane. Yeah. But just make sure, yeah, give heads up. Yeah, you, you, gotta, you need to have to have a sending stone of like, hey, bro, I'm traveling to Florida <laughs> yeah, exactly. this week. Uh, you know, don't feed your soul tomorrow. I'm going to visit my mind player friends in the astral plane. I'll be back. I'll be back. Uh, but I think, you know, as long as you can get over the fact that they'd probably hate each other because they're evil. But again, mutual respect for living forever and being evil. And like a mutually assured destruction. Like, yeah. I have your phylactery. I can destroy it whenever I want. I have your phylactery. I can destroy exactly. it whenever I want. Exactly, exactly. Like, yeah, that would be pretty good. That's like the 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 Russia and the U.S. of liches. Yeah, we did it. We solved it. That that's I'll, the answer I'll, right there. I, I will put this on the internet eventually. Uh, like, I, I I I would propose that that's the way. That's the one. Yeah. I, well, you know, next time you encounter a lich, you know where his flag tree is. If you find it on him, that's not his. Is that his? Hundred percent not his. <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's a. I I don't know how to. I, I I can't beat that. Yeah. I can't beat the idea of liches protecting each other. Um. You'd have I don't even know how you would beat them. Like if you're the adventurer, like, oh, we gotta kill this lich. The only the only other better thing would be to like somehow put it in the Tarask. Yeah. But then you spawn next to the Tarask, he's probably not happy to see you. No. Right, exactly. <laughs> Unless you were BFF with it. Yeah. Now So see- I like the two lich idea because they're both they're both intelligent. They can they they obviously have this pact, this yeah. negotiation. Right. So that means you've, you're probably manipulating like politics and, oh and all god. sorts of bigger schemes. Oh my god! Yeah. But so that's the the final question is if you're the players, how do you beat that? You gotta, you gotta. You this is to, it. This is the moment that you split the party. Yeah, you have to kill effectively both, both of them at the, the same, same time. Or you kill one of them and immediately go to kill yeah. them, both of them. But again, they're not going to be on. Right. They're going to be opposite ends so of the far world. Away from you. you have to find both of them. Split the party. Find both. Oh, kill man. them. Man, that's it's impossible. Only... Holy shit. We did it. That sounds like a campaign we, we waiting to happen. That's a, that's what's happening. Your that is a campaign waiting to happen. Right there. That's a freebie for everybody. Yeah. A two lich campaign where two. they're unkillable because of their... They're holding each other's phylacteries. What's a good comparison of like... What are they? Uh... There's, there's no... There's no there's there's nothing like that. No, it's always like one big bad with literally yeah, I, I, just never it's, like... Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like Russia-US, you know, just yeah, mutually assured destruction. Two equally powered... Evil things who are like, you ha- fuck it. Just, just imagine that the party is Thailand, and they have to destroy Russia and the U.S. at the same time. Yeah, no way. That, that's essentially what it is oh, right wow. there. All right, we're geniuses, everybody. We nailed it. Welcome back to the new year. We solved the phylactery problem. The solution is find another lich. Yep. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's take five, uh, and we'll be right back. Okay, cool. All right, welcome back, everybody. Hey there. 
um, I don't know how we top. We've calmed down. We've, we've, we we have calmed down. We've calmed down a bit. <clears throat> we had a short side discussion on our own. Yep. And we did we did conclude that uh, one of the ways you could defeat a don't, double. Don't give it away. Oh, okay. Let people figure it out. That's a campaign. Never mind. I'm not going to tell you how to defeat the two lich the two pairing. Lich, the two lich flag tree the, pairing. The, the, what would the name of that adventure be? The, um, the, the, the something of the two liches. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'd have to think about that. That's, the, that's another topic waiting to happen. Yeah, something. Next session we'll talk yeah, about. Yeah, what would we name our printed adventure? All right, go ahead, <clears throat> Till. Pull our second topic of the day. It's DMD. <laughs> is that loose? It's D&D. What is it? What is it? What does it say? How best to incorporate backgrounds. Okay. Both as PC and DM. That is not what I thought it would be. Well, you misspelled backgrounds. What? So. Seriously? You've got the D. Backgrounds. Backgrounds. <laughs> Ground round. But how to incorporate backgrounds. Yes. Both as PC and DM. So having, uh, being a forever DM, but recently getting to play as a player, mm-hmm. I, this was especially insightful for me because my background was um, urchin. Yeah. Where you're like street, mm-hmm. street, kid, street kid, whatever. You know the way around town. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, I'm a fucking orphan and I know how to get from one place to like, I know the secret ways through a city, whatever. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Doesn't come up. Nope. Ever, even even my wife's character had the sage feature, which was I don't know this thing, but I know how to know this thing. I'll know where to find it. Didn't come up in any way. So like the features never came up. The the feats the features. Uh, I'm sorry, the flaws and traits and whatever those are called. Mm-hmm. You know your wh- personality, your bond, your ideal, yeah, your yeah, flaw. Yeah, yeah, thank you. My bond and ideal. I couldn't remember those words. How do we how do we better use those? So I don't think in a pre-made with the first time DM background's gonna matter. It was just insightful for me to experience it. But uh, if you're doing your own or if you've DM before, I think that backgrounds are an excellent way to really uh, bring a character to life. Like if you as a DM know a character's flaw, maybe play into that every once in a while. So you from know, a DM you, perspective, if you know that the character's an obsessive drinker and they start drinking mm-hmm. and they say oh I'm done now I'm going out are you are you done that's my big question is you're the DM your character tells you their background they give you their stuff mm-hmm. whatever is it your job to like police their behavior I, I don't think not it's, sticking I don't to think their it's background? your job to police the behavior but I think it's uh, your job to work that background into the story yeah to give them opportunities to overcome a flaw or to, uh, you know, work towards their ideal or to really show showcase that uh, personality trait that they have. Um, so, and then also it's important <clears throat> as a DM to know the background so that you know what the feature is so that if it comes up and they don't remember it, you know, maybe you have a situation where they are um, uh, a folk hero that gets rustic hospitality and anywhere they go, people are willing to take them in and right. help them. Well, you know, maybe they're looking for some to say, and you say, oh, well, actually, this villager is willing to share his house with your group for the evening. So wouldn't that be more of a, the player says to them, oh, I have this. Do I find it? Like, can I use this I, I feature? Think go, I think it could go either way. Yeah. I think that the DM could know what it is and use it as part of a story mechanic. Sure. Or the players can use it just, like, every time, w- without fail, Every time I have somebody that's an outlander in a campaign, they say, I know the way. 
Yep, you know the it's life. True. That's true. I don't need to find food or whatever. I love the ones that get trinkets because trinkets are super easy way to like flavor up the campaign. <laughs> I had an egg. Well, I had a giant egg one time. Like this is super exciting. I don't remember what was in it, but I had a giant egg. You know, doctor had a piece of a lump of material that I crafted for him. Yes. Like it was super cool. Th- those things are super easy and obvious. But the the general theoretically, everyone's supposed to get a trinket. Everyone's supposed to roll on the trinket. Not table. everybody. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. But you know, when somebody rolls their their ideals, or whatever, I'm just looking at the acolyte or picks them usually. <clears throat> sure. The and it says like, I always try to help those in need, no matter what the personal cost. Perfect. That's on the player to to do that. And I think it's on the DM to keep them in line with that ideal. So I have to manage everybody's ideals. If you have two ide- you have two ideals. Yeah, you only have one. No, you have one flaw. You, no, you have one ideal, one bond, two personality traits. Two traits. Okay. So I have to manage five ideals. Yeah. And five flaws. If it's something like that, absolutely. That seems like a lot of extra work. You're the DM. Yeah, bro. I got a lot of work already. Yeah, I, so I know. why don't the players fucking do something for once in their lives? Well, I mean, ultimately it hurts them more to not do it. Yeah. Because that's just letting their character down. Yeah, you're just being generic then. Or, But maybe it's a chance for you. Maybe you don't police it. But maybe you know it that way if it happens and, you know, they don't do it. They don't help people that are in need. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a chance for maybe their deity to come and say, you've been a bad, bad boy. I would disagree maybe with you. Maybe they lose their powers for a day or uh, something if that happens. You know, there's all kinds of things you can work into with that. I would disagree with you 100% in that I don't think it's the DM's job in any way to manage somebody's background. Incorporate it, yes. But at no point should I have to look at you and go, you know, you picked... um that you seek to preserve a sacred text that your enemies consider heretical and seek to destroy, and you just jumped into a pool full of water that I know you have the sacred text on you, so you must have destroyed it on accident. Like it's not my. That's no way. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna micromanage your quirks. That's on you, a player. I th- see now. I think this depends on the group of players. If it's everyone's first time, it's a lot of shit to remember for everyone. Yeah. So you got to be a bit lenient with that shit. That's my point. I'm not going to worry about it at all. If, well, if you, I think you're letting a piece of the game leave then. You're just ignoring it. This is where I'm at in that the character backgrounds are for the character. It is an opportunity for you to do your thing, right? I can, as a DM, I don't care about your your bonds and your flaws and your personality traits. In terms, I, I want you to role play those. But in terms of the gameplay, those aren't the things that inform what I'm doing. What informs what I'm doing is your feature and anything that stands out amongst those things. Like um, the sage has one that says that you have a question that you can't answer. Yeah, um, yeah you research your feature. No, it's uh, uh, I've been searching my whole life for the answer to a question. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's a great, that's a fantastic thing. But if that, if you just picked that and didn't do anything with it, I don't care. It's the player's job to come to me and be like, hey, I took this thing. You know, can mm-hmm. I make up the question or would you make up the question? Like, it's not my job to start that as a DM. That is an opportunity to do something, but it's the player's stuff. I feel like it's on all parties to get that kind of thing situated. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the DM has a huge responsibility. No one doubts that. No one no one says the DM's job is easy, but 
you know, when you are the DM, you have responsibilities. You are responsible for making sure that the campaign and the characters shine. Yes, but how much of this shining is the player's job? It's your job to shine as a character. Which leads me to my big question is, you know, how much of your campaign do you make about the characters and their backgrounds and their stories? Uh, like when I'm DMing? Sure, sure. A pretty good amount. Uh, there's a lot. Uh, everyone has their backstory featured in some way. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their, you know, personas, their personalities featured. Uh, but uh, one thing I will say is that I've always been very fortunate to have uh, great groups of PCs that actively want their characters to become more than just pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. And they really bring them to life. And that's always helped in a situation where people are less interested in role-playing or not so interested in trying to bring that to life. I don't know. It's a tough situation. I feel like that's going to be just a lackluster campaign and all that's around. A, and that's what I run, you know, I'm concerned about running into is indifference from players. Like, here's my background. And if I didn't incorporate it, they wouldn't even notice. And then I do if I do incorporate it, like that's cool. Yeah. I don't want that. I don't want to put in the work if you don't care. That's why I'm saying I think the player their investment should happen first before a DM's investment happens. Um I think it's the DM's you job. The backgrounds. I think it's the DM's job to get uh the buy-in from the group and then it's the PC's job to follow through with it. Yeah. No. No. Other way. Really? The players have to ante up. I'm investing in this. That way I know, okay, player X, Y, and A are invested. Player Z doesn't give a fuck. I'm not going to worry about their background. But players X, Y, and A, then i like, oh, they've got their care. They've got some cool things for us to investigate and look at and play with mm-hmm. and, and people to, to betray and destroy or whatever. But player Z, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't channel his flaws. He doesn't use his background. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to worry about it. What? It's it's tough. It's tough. I, I know. I definitely, put this it, background in the I can definitely see it going either way. Uh, I could definitely, you know. It's, it's really hard. I know. It's That's why really I put hard. this in the bin. Because obviously, I think that the end of the day, every decision has to be approved by the DM. A PC can't just be like, I'm all powerful. Correct. And shit like that. Right, like I'm level one, but my background says I went through this and I fought this dragon. And I killed this yeah. lich. Like, yeah, put your level one. Yeah, but that's my background. No, no. Yeah, exactly. No. So it's really a joint venture. <clears throat> this is why I'm going to advocate for future session zeros. Okay. That's, I know you're against it in principle, but uh, we should. I just think uh, I think it depends on the group. Like, if your group meets extremely regularly, a session zero isn't losing too much time. Uh, if your group doesn't meet very often. That kind of hurts uh, hurts some time that you could be playing the game. I want to ask you to compare. In our current campaign, you guys started as goblinoids. Yeah. In our, and then we, ha- we had the genius idea. You had the genius idea to stop, mm-hmm. pause that section of the campaign, mm-hmm. and you became elves. Yep. Which, which group of characters is more intertwined? Intertwined? Like is better intertwined? Uh, obviously the elves. Yeah. I mean, we're... And do you think you had more or less discussion about your backgrounds and your history as the goblins or the elves? The elves. And I wasn't involved. We did in completely any of out of game, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we didn't that need was, a session zero. That, that's what a session zero is. Yeah, but we didn't need it. No, no, but, but you so, did your it. session zero is specifically taking time that you would normally be playing. Oh, okay. And, you're taking out of session. Yeah, okay. out of session. Well, I'm that's fine. my point. You guys did the work, and now the characters 
care, I care, and you care about their backgrounds. If nobody did the work, half those original Goblin characters died. Nobody cared because nobody cared. I think the the main burden, the main impetus, the main thing you have to do as a character with the background is care about it. I think I think the Goblins actually did a great job in not caring because we're all very selfish and not the best people. Like we we were not a good group of people no, as the were. goblins. No, it was real. Stupid. Which is which is appropriate. So I think us not knowing each other and just not really caring when somebody died, just like oh that happens. It's goblin life. We die. <laughs> Whereas the elves are very 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 yeah family oriented and very tight and yeah yeah. But those you know you're like oh we're goblins we die. There's still an opportunity for background stuff to come into play and nobody bothered. But excuse me, but people bothered now. So that makes it gives me opportunity. I, I played the hell out of my background. Yeah, we did great. You're drunken bullshit. You and I, I you and I wonderful. had a thing. You, we, we found that boat. You had a, a ship yeah. fight at sea, and you yeah. stabbed that dude in the head. Right. Yeah, it was great. Um, but the you know even now, you know, uh, character Ruck is an artificial goblin. Yeah. He had a background. We we talked about it. He worked at a school. Whatever. Mm-hmm. He was a, he's at a school, and he just went to this shop in the last session and like knew. Like had previously experienced this person, they just got into a fucking bickering argument, and it was so funny, so funny. Like just knowing that, like he had a backstory that he cared about. I think a big <laughs> difference. Uh, I think that it's hard to have newer players be something like a goblin and expect them to that's a fair live point. up to a background and a character in that way. Whereas if you say be elves, be these quirky elves. Easy. Everyone can envision that. Everyone can do it. No problem. That's a fair point. So it's it's a much trickier proposition. So is your argument or your position that uh, a heavy background investment comes with experience? Yes. It's not something that player yes. X will do on turn one, day one? D- yeah. I think that a brand new PC will look at the backgrounds and be like, I'm this. It gave me this. I'm done. I have these skills. I have these proficiencies. Yeah. These languages, that's all I need. Right. Here's my question. Yes. Do you think that there are some backgrounds that are better to bring to life for newer players? And if so, well, what do you think Well, there's easier ones. Yeah, what do you think If I'm just looking at players, players' handbook backgrounds, there's really easy ones like soldier, criminal, hermit. Okay. So, like, so, those are really easy. Soldier, how do you how do you bring that? Like, Like, what kind of soldier are you? I mean, obviously, it fits with every character you are. Exactly. What kind of soldier are you? Are you a... Were you... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Were you discharged from the military because yeah. you fucking murdered you people? AWOL, right, exactly. You know, Did you go AWOL? Are like, you very loyal and focused on folk but, fighting with but this group? I think the reason I picked those as the obvious ones is because they fit the, the most media people mm-hmm. consume. They're really easy to visualize the stories we've all heard. Mm-hmm. You can look at a soldier and be like, oh, well, you know, I've seen stories of soldiers. I know a soldier. Like, mm-hmm. all those things mm-hmm. that you can pull from. Whereas if I said, okay... Your background needs to be charlatan. Like, well, I kind of even know what that word means, you know, trying to do something a little more specific. So there are ones that are easier to just jump into. And there's ones that are most practical. I think Outlander is probably the most practical. Very practical. Right? It's like, if I didn't care about my background, but I cared about min-maxing, because I'm some min-maxer like you, I would pick Outlander. I don't think I've ever picked Outlander. I might have. I think that's a lie. I think I picked it for the elf. Because she, that's the way what she yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you're. I always, I, I'm not, I'm never afraid to pick a background. I always try to pick what's appropriate. I like the, um, the DM's guild backgrounds and stuff, like the, uh, 
what's the one that I had? Oh, yeah, the Like poet. a bodybuilder and the poet and the Yeah, I, I never supplements. dealt with that. I picked, I had 25 new backgrounds that I bought from the DMs. There, there, are, there are plenty of backgrounds already. I don't need non Animal breeder, yeah. false prophet, farmer. No, um... Tomb Raider. Uh, my favorite one. I I love the uh, the haunted one from the Curse of Strahd. Oh, where you where you've literally just seen shit. Oh, right, right, right. And like maybe there's actually something came haunted. back haunted. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. missed opportunity. Um, but maybe like something's actually like following you. It it really bodes. It all. follows. It's following yeah, you. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That would be such a cool campaign. That would be. Like, this thing is just coming for you, Yeah. and it will kill you yeah. if it gets to you. Yeah. Like, bro, we gotta run all yeah, the time. Gotta move. <sighs> so many good ideas. That'd be a great haunted and one. And it follows campaign. That's another It follows one. with the liches, and you use it follows to kill the liches. Oh, yeah. Like, you have sex with the lich, and it goes to find the lich. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, you just drag the thing into the lich's nope, lair with mine's you. mine's better. <laughs> but, yeah, you could just bow to lich. I think, so there's, I think, you know, my it started with this with like the the RP weight of background, but mm-hmm. backgrounds don't necessarily need to be RP'd. You can use it for the practical part, or you yeah. can use it for the funny part. You don't necessarily have to pick the traits and the bonds and the features and the whatever. I always recommend looking at all the recommend the yeah. traits and all that. Yeah, but pick what suits your character. Yeah, there have been plenty of times I've just written in my own stuff. I probably wrote in half of mine for my yeah. for plot, my my sorcerer, because I was modeling it after character from Wheel of Time. So like I'm just going to use these because yeah. that's what I wanted yeah. to do. Um, but and that's the other thing. If you make your own, I feel like you should be more invested in your background. Very much than so. Like, Very ah, much so. hey DM, what? I'm this kind of person. I would like to do these kind of things. Blah blah blah. Perfect. Awesome. I'll look into it. I think the last thing that I want to say on this topic is that Cut I down. know that there's always a fear for new PCs and even experienced PCs to be too much like this is my character. I'm doing this. Yes. This is my character. I'm doing yes. this. I'm sorry. I would actually do this instead. Yes. Don't be that. Just, hey, just, just you, live it up. You can't even talk. You get angry at people for RPing panic in combat or stupidity yeah. in combat. Yeah. Don't you can't even talk when yeah. somebody is wait, like wait, 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 an wait. idiot and they throw a smoke stick wait, into wait, a wait, fight. Wait. You get all mad wait, at them wait, wait. in real life. Wait, wait, wait. So don't I even. Get, I get mad in real life. I don't, don't get mad even, in game. Don't even fucking come at people. I don't okay? get mad in game. Yeah. I get mad in real but life. You can't get mad in real life. It's a game. Who cares if they're stupid? It's funny. No. No, I'm gonna <laughs> die. Damn it. You're not gonna. You're gonna die in the game. I'm gonna die. It's a game. Game that you can win. Damn. No, you can't. There's no, no you winning. Can't. There's no winning. Um, I mean, there's having fun. That's, <laughs> we talked about this earlier. I think you win if we all have fun. Yes, yes, that was in a previous session. But uh, there are definitely times that my real life emotions overtake my character's feelings about certain situations, and that is appropriate in a lot of instances. And the one I think that should be appropriate is your background. Your real life interests should be reflected in your background, so your DM cares. Mm, interesting. Interesting. So make more of you in the background. Or something that you're interested in, at the very least. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, hmm, 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 hmm. I wonder if what being a pirate would be like, let me try being a pirate. I'm into these things, blah, 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 blah. And then your DM could be like, okay, cool. You're interested in it. That means my effort won't be wasted. Yep. Yep. I can agree with that. All right. Good job. I think, uh, I think we learned I first segment we for, learned a lot I, I think half and half i think it was a half and half situation we learned a lot solve we saw like the first section was a it was a a problem and we solved it we solved it say one whatever i think it i think it's <laughs> i think it's important to learn to use backgrounds more effectively because i think that I think there's a reason realized. it has an entire section in the player's correct 100 i i just started campaign two of critical role uh-huh. and their backgrounds 
all the players know each other's backgrounds. That goes a long way mm-hmm. to be like, oh, how do how do you and Ford know each other? Bleep, 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 bleep. And they have a little like, oh, we just met two days ago. Oh, this little thing. Just wait. They do a great job of character. Yeah, I think in the first like that's, episodes. That's great. The, the the players know each other's stuff. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And Jester's voice is great. I do appreciate it. Yeah, that. right? It grows on you. All right. That's it for this episode. Uh, make sure to subscribe and rate the show on iTunes or wherever you found the program. Remember that. iTunes Brute. Other. <laughs> oh, God. Follow us on Twitter at RWD Podcast. And always feel free to send us topics you want to hear about. Send us topics. Or your D&D rants at RWD Podcast at gmail.com and uh you know what we will see you next time till then